give us this day is a devotional reflection upon the New Testament lesson appointed for the morning office from the Book of Common Prayer, 1928. These devotionals are written and presented by Father Charles Erlinson, who serves at the Church of the Good Shepherd in Tyler, Texas. Father Charles' devotionals can be found both in print and online. Today is Monday of the second Sunday after Easter. The lesson is taken from Hebrews chapter 6, verses 1 through 12. Therefore, leaving the principles of the doctrine of Christ, let us go on into perfection, not laying again the foundation of repentance from dead works and of faith toward God, of the doctrine of baptisms, and of laying on of hands, and of resurrection of the dead, and of eternal judgment. And this we will do if God permit. For it is impossible for those who were once enlightened and have tasted of the heavenly gift and were made partakers of the Holy Ghost, and have tasted of the good word of God and the powers of the age to come, if they shall fall away to renew them again unto repentance, seeing they crucify to themselves the Son of God afresh, and put him to an open shame. For the earth which drinketh in the rain that cometh oft upon it, and bringeth forth herbs meet for them by whom it is dressed, receiveth blessing from God. But that which beareth thorns and briars is rejected, and is nigh unto cursing, whose end is to be burned. But, beloved, we are persuaded better things of you, and things that accompany salvation, though we speak thus. For God is not unrighteous to forget your work and labor of love, which ye have showed toward his name, in that ye have ministered to the saints, and do minister. And we desire that every one of you do show the same diligence to the full assurance of hope unto the end, that ye be not slothful, but followers of them who through faith and patience inherit the promises. Once again, the writer of Hebrews gives us a terrible warning about the ultimate sin of apostasy or turning from God, having once been enlightened. Lest we become too snug and smug in our faith, we must remember the real possibility of our falling away from God. This is not a merely hypothetical possibility. It is the real-life tragedy of countless Christians and you are not exempt from this possibility. But the writer of Hebrews is confident of better things concerning the Hebrews to whom he was writing. He was confident that the things that accompany salvation were present in their lives. Why does he have such confidence in the Hebrews? Because of their labor of love which they have shown toward his name. In other words, the writer of Hebrews is confident that the Hebrews will persevere in their salvation because they have demonstrated the fruits of salvation and participation in Christ that is, laboring to love as he loved. This is the real message for today. Seek to imitate those who labor in love for Christ's sake. Though the danger of apostasy is real, especially if you allow yourself to drift away from God and his church, the cure for apostasy is to participate in Christ. In this way, in this case, that means participating in Christ by loving as he loved us. What is this labor of love, which is the proof and fruit of salvation, and without which apostasy is lurking at your door? It is ministering to or serving the saints of God. Do you remember what Jesus Christ said to Saul of Tarsus when he was on his way to continue persecuting the saints in Damascus and was confronted by Jesus? He said, Saul, Saul, why do you persecute me? Persecuting the church, which is the body of Christ, means persecuting Jesus Christ. But in the same way, ministering to the saints, God's holy ones, means ministering to Jesus Christ. Jesus is telling us today that whatever you do, to the least of these, that is, Christians, you have done it to me. By ministering to the saints, you are ministering to your high priest who first ministered to you. 
This ministering to the saints is not to be a casual helping little old ladies across the street when we happen to think of it. It is instead to be an intentional life dedicated to serving the saints because it is dedicated to serving Jesus Christ. Such a life will not happen by itself. The life that happens by itself is a life of drifting into selfishness and apostasy. No, this life of ministering, of being a disciple of Jesus Christ who serves as he came to serve, is a labor and it is work. I'm reminded of the old Dobie Gillis TV show in which the beatnik Maynard G. Krebs always said, Work! whenever the word work was mentioned. I'm also reminded of Mads Alfred E. Newman, whose favorite saying I'm adapting to say, What? Me work? Suddenly I feel old. Jesus Christ, who worked for your salvation, is calling you to join him in his present work. He's looking for a few good men, and he's pointing his finger at you, saying, I want you. He is recruiting you as his disciple to go out and do his work today, and that work is ministering to his saints. You are to do his work with diligence. Do not become sluggish, verse 11. When you become sluggish in the work that God has given you, then two terrible things happen. First, a saint whom God loves and for whom Jesus Christ was nailed to the cross, doesn't get ministered to. By being sluggish in doing the work of God, you are like a kink in God's hose of living water that refreshes and blesses his saints. But secondly, and even more terribly, when you are sluggish in the work of God, you begin to drift, and drifting always carries with it the possibility of being carried away by the current of apostasy and spiritual slumber. Doing God's work is laborious. It is a labor of love and it comes at a price, just as Christ's labor of love came at an astronomical price. It's difficult to remember to do God's work and not just your own, and it's difficult having remembered to put down the joysticks of life and turn off life's video games and go out to minister to Jesus Christ in love by ministering to his saints. Just as difficult as being willing to design a life for yourself in which you come into contact with the saints frequently and intimately enough that you know their needs and love them enough to want to minister to them. How much easier all of this, the remembering, the turning from self and games to the work of life, and the knowing how to minister, how much easier if we actually began to live as the body of Christ, and not just a random collection of body parts that mysteriously reassemble themselves for an hour a week, only to disintegrate again for another 167 hours. How much easier it would be to do the work of Christ by ministering to the saints if we had the saints always before us to remind us of our godly calling to labor in love for the good of others. For this reason, the writer of Hebrews gives us one way to prevent ourselves from becoming sluggish in doing God's work, imitating those who, through faith and patience, inherit the promises, which is a harbinger of chapter 11's great memorial to the Old Testament saints. But you have many saints in your life, and not just the ones in the pages of the Bible or in heaven above. I challenge you to pick a saint, a holy one of God, who is worthy of imitation, and go out and imitate that saint in laboring in love to serve the saints. This has been a presentation of Always with Christ Radio, radio in the Anglican way.